Thank you again, brother, for bringing us to the throne. The last night, it's been a good time. Um, I've heard your pastor say, I've been revived, I've been refreshed. I have. There's at least two of us. There's at least two of us. Um, and and I, listen, I'm not, I'm not up here like, tell me how good I did. That's not what I'm saying. But how many, I mean, has this been a good time? Has this been a good week for you? Has God spoken to you and has God filled your heart? There's been, there's been a couple of times I came up here and I'm just like, how many sermons would y'all like to set through? Because I'm ready to go, you know. And, and, uh, but tonight I want us to go just a little direction, a little different direction for a few minutes. So what? Now what? So now what? We're not coming back tomorrow night. Tomorrow night I'll be in East Tennessee. The night after that I'll be in Western Arkansas. In a couple more days I'll be back to where the humidity is lower than you've ever dreamt of. <laughs> There's a land that is fairer than day and by faith I can see it afar. <laughs> and so what? Man, as a pastor, I've gone to a few conferences in my life, you know, and I've left those things and go, man, that was good. And I get back home and I'm going to do that. I'm going to, oh, that was awesome, man. And I'm seeing staff members and pastor going, mm, I know what you're about to say. And, and the notebook goes on the shelf and life gets going and next thing you know, so what? So what? You may have heard this. It didn't originate with me. But here's what happens most of the time. We get what we can, we can what we get, and then we sit on our cans. <laughs> if that offended you, talk to your pastor about me. I'm leaving in the morning. <laughs> That's what happens most of the time. We soak it in. And we do. We genuinely do. And we're grateful. And we worship. And God stirs our heart. Man, I, as, a, as, a, as a pastor, as a preacher, man, I've gone to sleep every night this week preaching. And I've woke up in the middle of the night preaching. And I've got up first thing in the morning preaching. You know what I'm saying? And, and I bet you woke up singing every morning, thinking about what's next. You know, you just... You're just in the presence of God and the power of God and the word of God and he's speaking to you. And tomorrow night we're not going to be here. So what? Now what? If this isn't a launch pad, then this was four really cool days that make no difference. That seems like a waste. I'm going to take you to a passage of scripture tonight that might just be a little familiar if you've been in church a little while. Matthew 28, 18 through 20.
and we're just going to consider this a commissioning service. How's that? Here's what. Here's what. Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. Look at verse 18 again. We've talked about authority a couple of times. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. What does that have to do with sharing the gospel of Christ? Is this being live fed or anything like that? Okay. I'm about to change illustrations then. <laughs> I won't use that. <laughs> Never mind. Um, what does that authority matter when it comes to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ? I'll tell you what it matters, and I'll tell you how it matters. There are people in our culture every day that say, you can't say that, you can't share that, you can't do that. I love what my associate pastor says, I can one time. <laughs> yeah. You know, you might fire me, but who has all the authority? I mean, we're singing about the blood of Jesus. You realize we're blood-bought. You don't belong to your boss. You belong to him. All authority's been given to me. And I bought you. Over and over and over and over in the New Testament, we're referred to as servants. That's a cleaned-up version of the word slave. Paul openly declared that he was a slave of Christ. Repeatedly, repeatedly. He has all authority in my life. And that has a lot to do with sharing the gospel. It has a lot to do with sharing where we share the gospel, how we share the gospel, who we share the gospel with. But it also has to do with us, the gospel bearers. Well, I just don't like to do... He's got authority. Well, I'm just not comfortable doing that. He has the authority. Well, I'm backwards and shy. He has the authority. I'm afraid. He has the authority. I'm just, insert your excuse here. He says, all authority in heaven and earth is mine. Period. It has a difference and it makes a difference in the ones who are the gospel bearers and the gospel sharers. That he's had the authority and he's commissioned us with the gospel. But it does, it has authority in the places that we're told sometimes we can't share. We did a thing a few years ago in our church and I heard... Um, one of your staff members talking today about this, and I love this. I mean, if we cease to exist, how will the community know? I mean, if Hardy Street Baptist Church ceased to exist, didn't meet one more time, what difference would that make up and down Hardy Street? That's always a good question to ask. In our church, we took it one step further, 
and we got together our leadership team and we looked at every ministry position and every committee listen to that every committee and every area of ministry and we said to them if you cease to exist right now how would the community know not the church not the church how would the community know if you ceased to do the ministry you're doing you know what for some of those that committees that was that was interesting we had one committee chairperson one ministry he's a benevolence team most of the time benevolence teams and churches or committees are reactive not proactive and based on that charge how would your committee cease to exist and, and he just really wasn't happy that thinking that, well, it means a couple people might not get their electric bill paid or somebody might not get rent or somebody might not get a taken gas or something like that. And he went over to the alternative school there in, in, in Salmon and uh, just said, hey, I'm Bill. I'm from over at the church. What's something you've always wanted to do here that you don't have the finances and the budget to do? And the teacher said, man, I have a terrible time getting parents together with these kids and I've had a dream of just having a meal once a month for the kids and their parents Bill said that's great and the teacher said well I don't have budget for it and the bill said well I don't either but that's awesome and if that's what you want would you be interested in us doing it and he said well yeah absolutely now you know churches can't work inside schools right you understand that right the next month we had a dinner over there at the alt school for students and parents and the turnout was amazing and our folks are setting up and our folks are preparing food it doesn't cost all that much to cook for folks it doesn't cost all that much the money's not the issue but Bill had his benevolence team over there at the church, or over there at the school, excuse me, cooking for these parents and cooking for these kids, and the response was amazing. The funniest thing was, right before the meal, the teacher said, um, we're about to start, and I guess since y'all are Christians, you're going to want to pray. And everybody was so taken back, they were just like, uh, uh, well, yeah, y yes, we are. Yes, we want to pray right now. Let's do that. Let's do that. Somebody think of a prayer, because I'm so confused, I don't even know what to say right now. You know, and, uh, and, and. Yeah, you can. You can. Don't let people tell you you can't work in schools. You just have to find something they want and provide it in the name and the power of Jesus Christ unashamedly. And I'm just here to tell you, schools have needs. Just meet a need they don't have and something they want and provide. You can work in schools. The largest out, the outreach, see, this is why I'm wondering about, somebody's going to sue us over this, Scott. <laughs> the largest outreach we have every year at Salmon Valley Baptist Church happens in the, in the high school. They let us have it. Our men go in there. 350 guys will show up. 250 of them are lost. And we proclaim the gospel and men get saved. We do it at the school because we've got a good relationship with them. It's not a problem. You can minister in schools, you can serve in schools, you can proclaim the gospel in schools. But you have to meet them at a point of need and provide that need. You can do that.
He's been given all authority. He's been given all authority. My wife and I were in a doctor's office not too long ago. We do that pretty regularly. And uh, my wife, there for a moment, she goes, well, why don't you let my husband pray for you to one of the nurses? And she goes, well, I don't know if we can do that or not. And my wife was, oh, I, I know. <laughs> he, 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 yeah, watch this, you know. And we prayed for her there. The next time we were in that doctor's office, she said, I went and checked our personnel manual to see if we could do that or not. <laughs> and it turns out if you do that, we can. How about that? You know, well, we did. We did not care about your personnel manual. Because Jesus said, I've been given all authority in heaven and earth. And I'm sending you. I'm sending you. His authority that we've talked about a couple of times this week makes a difference when it comes to sharing the gospel and making disciples. You can't go here, you can't go there. Do you know how many places in the world our International Mission Board has missionaries where it's illegal to proclaim the gospel? They're all over the place. You're never going to see their pictures at Christmas for Lottie Moon. You're never going to hear their stories because you can't do that. It would put their lives at risk. But there aren't too many places in this world that you and I, by the grace of God, are not sending missionaries to preach and teach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And praise God for those people. They are warriors for the gospel. As they go into these hard places, these difficult places, these places where it's illegal to proclaim the name of Christ. And they're right there. Why are they there? Because he has all authority. And because they need the gospel. Look at verse next. <laughs> verse 19. Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Therefore go. Here's the best news about this. Here, in just a few more minutes, we're going to take the first step of the Great Commission. Unless you plan to spend the night here. Anybody going to spend the night here? Anybody? Oh, good. Then as you go, that's what it says, as you go, make disciples. As you go. As I go where? Yes, as you go. The reason Jesus didn't say go was because we're naturally going. As you do life, make disciples. As you go to school, make disciples. As you go to work, make disciples. As you go to college, make disciples. As you go to your job, make disciples. As you go to the gas station, I'm going to give you, this is, this is just crazy, but just bear with me for a moment. I go to the same gas station, which is not hard to do where I live. But there's options. But I go to the same gas station. You know what? I try to go at the same time every day so I see the same people. Why? Because you build relationships with those people that way. Because you build relationships with those people. Before I left town, I went into the gas station not needing gas. And just letting y'all know, I'm going to be out of town for about 10 days. 
And the gal behind the counter said, boy, I'm glad you told me. Tammy would have been calling and asking where you were. And I'm, I'm not. This is right. Why? Because they expect me in there. They expect me in there. Said, so, well, Hattiesburg's a big place. That wouldn't happen. You know what? If you go to the same places and do the same things, you build, you build this expectation in people, and you can do the very same thing. I don't care where you live because people start to expect to see you in those places as you have the habit of doing that. As you go wherever you go, as you go. And like I said, good news, we're all going. Last night I asked the question, how many of you have been out of the country? Holy cow. This is a building full of missionaries. They're going all over the planet. Absolutely, that's fantastic. Y'all are in on this. As you go, make disciples. As you go, make disciples. How do you make disciples? You simply declare to them the truth of Christ. You simply begin to teach them about Jesus. Well, how do you get to do that at a grocery store? How do you get to do that at my work? Or how do you get to do that? I started doing something a couple of years ago. Somebody would say, how are you doing? And some of you have caught on to it this week. How are you doing, Mike? Doing way better than I deserve. It's amazing how many people say, oh, man, you deserve you deserve good. You're a nice guy. No, I deserve hell. So anything better than that's gravy. Step one. Step one. I mean, it's just that easy. It says, see, there's some people around Salmon that will ask me how I'm doing. <laughs> because they don't want to know. They've heard that before. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. But you just begin to tell them the story about Christ and his work in your life. It's really not that tough. How are you doing today? Man, God's just blessing me. I'm so grateful. God's just so good to me. Now, you did not open your Bible and go through the book of Romans with anybody when you said that. But what you did do is open your mouth and give praise to the king. You know, the one with all the authority. You honored him. You honored him. So as you go, and that part you've got down pat, just talk about Jesus. Just give him the glory. Just give him the praise. On the back side of that, how about not being an idiot? You know what? People in gas stations... People in banks, people in drive throughs they get screamed at and fussed at every day. Some of you work in the public, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Don't be one of those people. Don't be foolish. Don't be arrogant. But they put cheese on my biscuit. My gosh, that's the end of the world. Somebody should be fired over that. I mean, let's face it. A bunch of incompetent people. I mean, if you put cheese on a biscuit and I clearly didn't ask for it, someone needs to pay. That sounds dumb when I say that, but you know what? That's what happens. Don't be that person. Don't be that person. Be opposite of the world and the culture we live in. Be sweet 
and kind to people. On the way here, we had a little situation. It was awesome. It was fantastic. Our plane was delayed 14 and a half hours. And the time that I should have been sleeping in a motel, I was waiting on a plane to take off. And when I should have been really good and asleep, the plane was taking off. And any of you who ever tried to get a good night's rest on an airplane, I mean, I can sleep on an airplane. I can sleep on an airplane, but it's just not quite the same as sleeping in the bed. Can I get a witness? <laughs> but let me tell you something. When a plane is delayed 14 and a half hours, you find out just how angry some people are. Yeah, hallelujah is right. Yeah, it comes out. I mean the stupid just pours out of people. And you know what? The gate agent, she did not go out and sabotage that plane. She got up this morning and fought traffic and got her kids to school and probably has a headache and didn't get enough caffeine because the traffic was bad and she just got to work and here's 198 people whose plane is not taken off. And there's about three of them there, and people are screaming at them, losing their ever-loving mind. I've got to go somewhere. Like, we didn't know that when you bought a plane ticket. <laughs> we had one gate agent. He was great. We were supposed to take off at 8 o'clock. He worked the flight he went home, and when he came back on shift, he was working 12-hour shifts at 8 p.m., they said, we want you to go right work 1452. And he's like, my goodness, I saw those people when I left. Are they still here? And when he came back to the gate, I asked him, I said, who ticked you off, or who did you tick off bad enough that they put you on this flight this morning and again tonight? You know, we just had a, because I mean, and he said, they just said, well, you've got experience with these people, and we want to send you back. <laughs> Those gate agents were screamed at, fussed at, hollered at, and it was unbearable. It was awful. I felt so terrible. And every time I would go to the gate agent, I would look at him and say, I want you to know something. I am not mad at you. I'm not mad at you. You know what? I'm so glad they found the problems on the ground and not at 35,000 feet. This is the best place to have an airplane problem. And you didn't cause it. And before the plane took off, it was funny. The pilots and the flight attendants were all sitting in a corner next to my wife and I. <laughs> I think we were one of the few safe places in that airport for them. <laughs> we got off the plane and one of the pilots looked at me and said, you still smiling? I said, God's still good. And I arrived here tired. <laughs> Scott met me and I said, leave me alone. I'm going to bed. It's noon. <laughs> As you go into the world, make disciples and just be decent human beings that reflect the love and the glory and the patience. You know, the, the fruit of the Spirit stuff. Just let the Spirit of God work through you. 
all nations. You know this. Your pastor's told you this. This has nothing to do with imaginary lines on the map. This means all people. All people. Praise God we serve an indiscriminate God. And we need to be indiscriminate with the gospel. And we need to be indiscriminate with our love. And we need to be indiscriminate with our mercy and our grace and our compassion. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. One of my favorite stories about this verse, a kid named Ben. He's about 14 years old. And, and he'd gotten saved and he'd gotten serious about it. And he came up to me one Sunday after church and he said, uh, Pastor, how old do you have to be to baptize somebody? And I was like, what, 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 I don't, I mean, I understand the question. I'm, I'm reasonable enough, but what are you getting at? My Bible tells me to make disciples and baptize them. I said, I tell you what, I'll help you baptize everyone you bring. He said, okay. <laughs> Your Bible tells you that too. Have you ever thought of that? I hadn't. Ben taught me a lesson right there. Ben taught me a lesson right there. Now, I'm not trying to cause trouble for your pastor. I, I don't know how things work or function here or whatever like that. But, you know, I just kind of believe that out of the innocence of that kid's question and the sincerity of that qu kid's question, that God was kind of honored that my Bible tells me to make disciples and baptize them. Why, yes, Ben, it does. I'm not going to argue with you. You win them. You cook them, we'll clean them, you know. Or you kill them, we'll clean them. Whatever, you know. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Look at this last verse. We're almost done. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands. You're not done with them once they come to know Christ. Once they're baptized, you just don't go, whoo, that's good, let's go find another one. No. This, this discipleship is a process. This discipleship is a process. We walk with them in community. We walk with them in relationship. And we see them grow in their knowledge and their faith and their trust in Christ. And as we teach him the commands of Christ, we see them reproduce. You know new Christians reproduce a whole lot better. <laughs> Why? Because they've got a fresh pagan pool of people of influence right around them. That's just all there is to it. That's just all there is to it. They were running around with folks that aren't at church tonight. And they look different, they sound different, they act different, and they start to impact those people. And we walk with them in that process. And we see the fruit of their salvation in people that are around them. And Jesus says, and be sure of this. I love this. He starts with authority. I've been given all authority. That makes a difference in the gospel bearer and where we share his authority. But then not just go get them. 
he promises his presence. I'm with you always. I'm with you always. I'm with you always. When is always? I studied the Greek in that. You know what it means? Always. It's profound. It's not a tricky word. It's not a tricky word. That means when we say something that's so simple, the power of God is there and the presence of God is there. The spirit of God is there and able to take it and work in someone's heart and life just by a simple turn of a phrase sometimes. Look, we're going to have those opportunities to open the Bible and share with someone their faith, our faith. But we're, we're concerned and we're so worried, I don't know what to say. Look, if you know enough to get saved, you know enough to share with somebody. That's all there is to it. If you know how you were saved, and if you don't, we need to have another conversation. But if you know enough to be saved, you know enough to share. And folks, we have a terribly unfair advantage. It's the indwelling of the spirit of the living God. I'm afraid they're going to ask questions. I'm afraid they're going to say something I don't understand or I don't explain. I, I'm, I'm afraid of what I might. How about you just trust Jesus and you share? He's there. He's there. Let me give you a great answer to a question. Here is a viable answer to a question that you don't know the answer to. You ready to write this one down? I don't know. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. I told somebody earlier tonight, I try not to talk about things I don't know. I try not to say more than I know. It's okay just to tell people you don't know. Man, let's talk about that with my pastor. Man, let's look that up. Let's talk about that. Keep the conversation moving. That's okay. But get back to the gospel and keep moving. And don't get hung up in minutia and chasing. Well, I was in a vehicle one time. And, and in a vehicle, intentionally, we'd been to a promise keepers, and there were two of us that were believers in the truck and two of us that weren't. One of those guys is with Jesus now. He came to know Christ, and he lived a great Christian walk for a few years before he went home to be with the Lord. But the other guy was just antagonistic. And I'm driving, and because uh, it's Saturday night, and I'm trying to get back to Sam and preach on Sunday morning. He's like, well, I don't know. I believe I can believe all this thing, but I'm worried about the people on an island under a coconut tree who never hear. And I said, I'm worried about you. You just heard. How about let we let God worry about the person under the coconut tree right now? You just heard the gospel. What are you going to do with it? We don't need to try to explain to somebody who doesn't yet know Christ the depth of deep doctrines and theology. Here's what you need to know. You are imperfect. You have sinned. You have offended God. But he loves you. And he still wants a relationship with you. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to take your punishment. And he did that by dying on a cross. But to prove his authority and his power... He came out of the grave three days later and he is sovereign over all and he loves you and he wants a relationship with you. 
And you need to confess to him the fact that you've sinned. And ask for his forgiveness and trust him as your Lord and Savior. Well, there's still a guy under a coconut tree. You're right, there is. But you're right here right now and the gospel's been presented to you. Don't get caught up in the distractions. Don't get caught up in the distractions. The authority of God has sent you. The authority of God has empowered you. The authority of God has put someone in front of you. You are in the middle of a divine appointment in their life. And the presence of God is with you. What's the problem? What else could you possibly need? So what? Now what? Go. Go and take. Have I had a great week? You had a great week. That's awesome. Don't take it home. Has your heart been full? My heart's been full. Then take the overflow as you go. And let the Spirit of God pour out on people around you. To His glory and their benefit. Well, I've been praying for this person. I just can't get them to church. You, you understand the Lord doesn't say to the lost world, come. He says to the saved church, go. Now, we want them here. But why didn't he command them to come? Because they don't know him and they're not listening. So he says to his redeemed, you go. And you go out into the hedges and the byways and the backwaters and the hard places and the difficult places and the scary places and the dangerous places. But you go compelled by the gospel, driven by God's love for you and your love for him with the understanding, with the understanding that you didn't deserve the gospel when it came to you. But when it came to you, it's on its way to somebody else. And don't let it stop here. I say, what are, you, what are you wanting from us tonight, Mike? Really and truly. Don't have a heart attack, Scott. We, we could really just not have an invitation. And we could say, okay, let's pray and let's go. But we're not going to do that. Because I just shared the gospel. And I don't ever want to share the gospel without giving people the opportunity to respond. If you're here in this room and you've been here this week and God has filled you, let's please, for the sake of the gospel and, and just, goodness, for the goodness of God that he's poured out on us, let this be a springboard say man we had revival at Hardy Street and over the next few weeks you should see the fire of the spirit around this place this was the place it started when those folks left that church the power of God was on them and the word of God was coming from them and God moved 
Let this be a springboard towards that. So if you're here and you've been here this week and you're a believer, the invitation is to not come here. It's to go there. It's not my commission, by the way. (laughs) I didn't come up with it. You've been commissioned by your God. But if you're here tonight and you've never trusted Christ and you were sitting back and comfortable, well, boy, he's, he's preaching to the Christians tonight. I, I came with somebody and I'm, I don't have to worry about it. I can sit back. Whew, I dodged that bullet. No, the gospel was just shared. And you've got to deal with that. You have to deal with that. You will either receive or reject the love of Christ in this place right now. In just a moment as we sing, I beg of you, I plead with you to come talk to one of the men that are here at the front and receive Christ as your Savior. Let's stand as we do, let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Nothing new here. Most of us already knew this. But God, in the fullness of what you've done here in the last few days, God, I give you praise and I thank you. And I just pray that we go. I just pray that we go. That this wasn't just a religious exercise that we felt good about ourselves. You have filled us, Lord. Now may we go and empty ourselves. For your kingdom's sake. And God, one last time, we're going to ask and, and invite people to come and receive you. so many invitations you gave in scripture and there are so many invitations in the Bible I'm completely unashamed to invite people to respond to you and for me right now one last time Lord I pray that you will draw people to yourself we ask it in your holy name amen let's sing let's worship church and if you need to trust Christ I'm going to ask you to come and respond as we worship.